Hey everybody, welcome back to Friends Fascinated. We're happy to have you. We have an update from our first episode on MK Ultra. We had a listener write in in our DMs on Instagram. It was Nathan Schuherk, and he let us know that Ted Kaczynski was a victim of the MK Ultra experiments, which if you didn't know, he's the Unabomber. And that's an episode that we're interested in covering in the future. So keep an eye out for a future episode about the Unabomber. Yeah, it's going to be crazy. Thanks, Nathan. We are two friends trying to gain perspective on the remarkable world around us. I'm Jet Jones. I'm Mackenzie DeMaio. And this is Friends Fascinated. If you like what you hear today, don't forget to subscribe. This episode, we are going to do a deep dive into witches and Wiccan. My introduction to the concept of Wicca and Wiccan was pretty recent, actually. I was basically just introduced to the concept by a friend of mine who has a friend who was raised Wiccan, and so she raised Wiccan. That's my understanding. That's Um, something I'd never heard of before. I'm not super familiar with her childhood or, or her introduction to it, but her friend's mom is Wiccan, and her friend is Wiccan, and I believe that was kind of the religion that her friend was raised in at least probably her later childhood I don't know if it was like from the time of being an infant but at least it's kind of a family thing yeah which that was my first introduction to the concept Mm -hmm. yeah the term wicca I didn't know at all Um, but obviously the concept of witches and witchcraft is something that has obviously been a part of like pop culture and all these references and Halloween is a very common costume yeah, and all sorts of things like that. But yeah, as far as the Wiccan community or the fact that it was a, a like identified religion itself, I was completely unaware. So for me, researching this was a huge eye opener to what it actually is, the mixed bag of origins that it has mm-hmm. and um, how people practice in the modern world was... I don't know, really cool. Yeah, for me, I was basically raised um, with the belief that witches aren't real and that witchcraft is essentially kind of almost like a plaything. Like the idea of like Harry Potter and wizards and witches and those seemed like it was more kind of like how, I don't know, Santa Claus isn't real and is yeah. just kind of a game for kids in a way. Mm-hmm. That That's kind of the way I understood it. And I I think part of that was just that it was never explained to me. But I I was under the impression, you know, magic isn't real. That's what I was taught. And so witches and witchcraft is just kind of, you know, a story, a a legend. Like it's not an actual thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I felt similar. Like, of course, we hear about the evils in the world. And Mm -hmm. usually that's associated with witches or demons or people who practice like black magic or again, you were you were raised a lot more religious than I was. So you know a lot more of the connotations that it Mm -hmm. has with the Bible and how a lot of the time these different religions are perceived as a response to the opposition of Christianity. But in other ways, it's it's actually practicing something that has its own origins and maybe isn't to always fight Christianity or do something opposite to, I guess. So... The way I was raised was, I I was raised with Christianity, and so part of the, I guess, reason that it was opposed within Christianity, or at least the way I understood it, was that God is this all-powerful, you know, the, the creator of the universe, and only God has the power to create and destroy and heal and do all these things, and so the idea of there being witches or people that could do I guess, magic and create and destroy and heal and kill and like, you know, that type of intangible power was something that that only God had. And so it was almost like blasphemy. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of the way I understood it as I got older. Yeah. So it was interesting to deep dive into it. So what do you got? What'd you find? Yeah. So I did not realize that Wicca was considered a religion. Mm -hmm. I, that just, I had no idea that it was religious. 
serious. I thought it was more just a hobby. <laughs> Almost. Yeah, yeah like, like I don't know how else to describe it. I, I didn't think that there was religious implications. I thought it was just like maybe you do some spells. Kind of like, because I associate it with tarot cards. Yeah. And like that type. Like, and my brain goes card. to like, it's associated with someone who you'd call emo or gothic, right? Oh, really? They would like, yeah, like they oh, would oh, try not, to do something okay. dark <laughs> because like their parents make them mad. So they're like, I'm going to put a spell on my mom. Oh, like I thought that. you were saying that witches are gothic and no. And I was oh, like, what? Oh, That's new. But I, I would say, but but those cultures they do overlap quite a bit because you there's think? this, yeah. Because if you think about the the light and the dark, and it, you think, what are the opposites? It's like there's preppy uh, <laughs> Christian jocks, and then there's gothic emo maybe witchcrafters. It's like the, yeah, the popular, or I guess the mainstream and the not. Exactly. So like I said about kind of this opposition type thing where it's a counterculture, it's different. Mm -hmm. And that's when we talk about our podcast, one of our focuses was countercultures. And that's what we Mm -hmm. were associating with Wicca was that it was a it was a choice and a and a counterculture in that way where Mm -hmm. you're opposing regular society or culture in this case I mean it has its own origins and maybe way 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 back it was to oppose a certain religion that someone wasn't down with Mm -hmm. or maybe it was discovered because they found a spirituality in something else and they just ran with it so well yeah and the fact that neither of us had ever really heard of or understood the concept of this six months ago I think shows that it really is not common it's not a common culture subculture it's it's not a part of everyday life and the things you hear about yeah and I think a lot of people who do practice are afraid to like out themselves it I mean, within the people I know, I know there's some things that I'm not comfortable telling people who I categorize as traditional, whether it comes to their religion or their their worldview, I suppose. Mm -hmm. I would be afraid to like say to someone that I was a witch or something because they would be like, oh, you're going to cast a spell on me and you're evil and you're a Satanist and I'm going to tell you how you're wrong type of thing. So I could imagine there's probably a lot of practicing Wiccans who don't just go out and about saying, like, I'm a witch. Well, yeah, and I think part of it is that the, you know, media and pop culture really, because my understanding of witches really did come from TV, mm-hmm. you know, um, things like Harry Potter. I mean, even like Vampire Diaries and those things. And it, it does have a very dark association. And so I completely understand why from that perspective and just the, the way the media portrays it, that it would have that implication that it is dark and evil. And so it makes sense that people would associate it that way. But but I, I think part of that is just incorrect, I guess. Yeah. It's not an accurate description from the research that I've done so yeah. far. Because Wicca is considered pagan witchcraft and a modern pagan religion. And so I didn't really understand fully what that meant. And so looking it up, pagan refers to a person with religious beliefs that are different than the main world, which like we just said is a pretty, <laughs> I think, perfect description of that. Mm-hmm. And so Wicca is one of the most common forms of paganism, actually. The term uh, wizards and warlocks are generally discouraged. You know, I which, think that was surprising to both of us. Yeah. With a very Harry Potter driven mindset <laughs> of witches, you think the, the male Witchcraft, version yeah, of a wi- witch is a wizard. Yep. But not or a warlock. Yeah. Yes. But not in the Wiccan culture. They're all witches. Well, yeah, and and I thought that was interesting that it is just one gender neutral term because that's nice. not it is kind of nice and that's not common in a lot of the stories and television shows and books and things yeah um it's both considered a new religion and an old religion because a lot of it is relatively new basically it formally becoming public has been in the last hundred years but a lot of the the history that comes with it is older than that it's just that it, it wasn't formal it didn't have a name things like that and so it developed in the early 1900s and became public in 1954 by Gerald Gardner uh, and he was a retired British civil servant. He was known as Sire and he, um, some of his, I guess, background was that he was an amateur anthropologist and archaeologist. He was the author of the definitive religious texts of Wicca and he became the director of the Museum of Witchcraft and Magic until he died in 1964. Hmm. And so, yeah, there's a Museum of Witchcraft and Magic. Where is um, that? So I believe there's actually 
two similar ones because it sounded like he had some people that kind of opposed his beliefs or basically had similar beliefs but they disagreed on some of the specifics. They were both as far as I know in the UK. I'm pretty sure you can still visit them today. It, it wasn't as big as I expected it to be from the pictures but that would still be super cool to visit yeah. and, and learn more about. So yeah there's a museum for that and so yeah he was the director until he died uh, about 10 years after Wicca became more public and he was recognized as the father of Wicca among the pagan and occult communities. Um, Wicca doesn't have a central authority figure. It's typically considered duotheistic, so basically two worshiping gods. two gods. Yeah, it seemed most common that it was a god and a goddess, and so I saw a lot of different information about which gods were being worshipped, and within all of the research I did about Wicca, there is a ton of different paths you can take within the religion and a lot of different beliefs, and so there were some beliefs that there was one god, two gods, three gods, many gods, so Mm -hmm. really there was a little bit of everything so I'm just kind of covering some of the more common things but they believed that the two often contradicted each other so the the god and goddess yeah and and we want to address too that again going into this we've learned so much and one of those things being that this is a religion does make it a sensitive subject and I would imagine some people hold um, their practices in the Wiccan community within their religion it's a sensitive subject and we don't mean to say anything today to oppose anyone's beliefs. We're just trying to present this information as to people who are totally out of that world and bring it to other people who could have no idea about this amazing group of folks who are practicing some really interesting things and it seems like it's a mixed bag kind of like how you would imagine any religion when it comes to spirituality we all experience it and practice it in whatever ways suits our lifestyle and who we are surrounding ourselves with. So as we are presenting this information, we have multiple sources and uh, multiple places this information is coming from and throughout history. So of course, it's going to be a wide range of what we have learned, but we're going to try to put it out in the best way possible so you can all understand at least the basis of what this religion is. And then hopefully we can talk about some resources later on for if you want to learn more um, and if it's something you're interested in or if you're just interested to research more on top of this episode, um, we can provide some resources on that later. Yeah, yeah. We understand that, you know, religion is very personal. It's one of the most personal things for a lot of people. But really just learning more about it over the past, I guess, couple months, we thought it was really fascinating. And since we weren't familiar with it, we wanted to, I guess, make it more public and just show people that there's this really cool religion that we, we weren't aware of. And so we wanted to bring light to it a little bit. But of course, with that, we are not experts. In fact, we didn't know anything <laughs> six yeah. months ago. So we're, we're doing our best to provide accurate information, but a lot of what our research showed was that something that I actually thought was really cool about this religion is that it seemed very, I guess, specific to the person who believes in it. Mm -hmm. And so what might be true for most might be very different for others. Yeah. And one of the things, and we were discussing this before we were recording, but something I thought was interesting about um, practicing witches or Wiccans is that when they form groups, similar to how Christians go to churches and practice in groups, um, witches or Wiccans usually create covens. If they're surrounded by other witches and Wiccans, I've um, from my understanding, it's kind of hard for other Wiccans to find a community to even create a coven. But when they do, those usually range from just like a couple people up to, I think it said, it caps out again loosely at like 13 people to create a coven. So you could imagine if I mean, I know there's mega churches out there <laughs> for Christianity or all the common religions that we all know where there's thousands or hundreds of thousands or millions of people who practice the same things. But within um, the Wiccan community, if you can imagine that all these groups are so different and they're so location based and they're also possibly staying in smaller groups due to like fear of being reprimanded for what they're practicing that they could all through time and development have their own path to spirituality within the Wiccan practices or the common known practices or whatever and they can base it on common threads and what they need out of their spirituality and so of course it's going to differ 
because the groups are smaller. Yeah, one thing, I actually thought it was really cool that the covens are very small because I just think it makes for a more personal and more intimate relationship with those people. And I think that's something that's really important in any religion. I I appreciate that it's smaller and more personal in that way. Mm -hmm. So one thing that's common is that uh, Wicca often involves the ritual practice of magic. Uh, It's not always necessary. You can be Wiccan and not practice magic, but that's pretty common. Wiccan celebrations often encompass both the cycles of the moon and the cycles of the sun, and they have seasonally based festivals, which I'll, I'll dig into a little bit more later, but it's sometimes categorized as a nature religion. And so um, when the religion first became publicly known, it was commonly called witchcraft. Gerald Gardner, the father of Wicca, referred to it as the craft of the wise, witchcraft Hmm. or the witch cult and there is no evidence that he ever actually called it wicca although he did refer to the community of pagan witches as the wicca but only with one c so he didn't necessarily coin that term Mm -hmm. um it's a little unclear where that term actually came from i have information on that oh yeah go for it so the word wicca has some historical references it's actually an old english word for sorcerer or diviner and it comes from the old anglo-saxon culture where these magical skills were valued wicca eventually became witch a language shift that occurred sometime in the 1500s Interestingly, the word Wiccan in Old English was actually the plural form of Wicca, whereas today it's become an adjective to describe anything associated with the religion of Wicca. Yeah, so sorcerer or diviner. Wicca is often referred to in pop culture as a synonym for witchcraft in a non-religious and non-pagan way in shows like Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Charmed. And a lot of other shows reference just general beliefs in witches a couple that we've already mentioned that are common are things like harry potter another that i've watched is vampire diaries which they have vampires and werewolves but also a lot of witches and they refer to them as warlocks for male witches but that show showed a lot of common things that i saw in my research actually which i'll i'll mention later but the religion encompasses theists atheists and agnostics so it really doesn't have a strict belief system it doesn't have a strict god or even a strict text that they follow nothing along those lines there are different beliefs in what the afterlife is but even that varies beliefs in the afterlife do vary quite a bit and they don't occupy a central place within the religion It's common to believe that if someone makes the most out of the present life, the next life is more or less going to benefit from the process, so they may as well concentrate on the present. So they don't dwell on what comes next. They're more about concentrating on what's going on currently. Some don't believe in any afterlife, but it is a common belief that human beings have a spirit and a soul that survives after bodily death. Reincarnation is the dominant afterlife belief within Wicca, and that was originally adopted by Gerald Gardner. Many believe in magic, specifically a manipulative force exercised through through the practice of witchcraft and sorcery, and many believe that the definition of magic offered by ceremonial magicians is the science and art of causing change to occur in conformity with will. Others believe that it is the science of the control of the secret forces of nature, and many believe magic is the law of nature and is misunderstood and disregarded by contemporary science and do not view it as being supernatural. Also referred to as the superpower that resides in the natural. Some believe magic is simply making full use of the five senses to achieve surprising results, and some Wiccans do not claim to know how magic works. They merely believe that it does because they have observed it to be so. Hmm. Uh, Yeah, I've seen that as well. Like, through my reading, and a lot of my research is based on storytelling and finding people's, like, perspectives, a lot of people said, well, I didn't, but, like, stronger witches or Not even stronger, but like longer practicing Wiccans or witches who are used to like spell casting and, well, spell crafting might be the better term for that. And that's the only way that they've seen it happen, which is kind of interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. Another thing I thought was just an interesting little fact is that some spell it as magic with a K. Mm -hmm. So M-A-G-I-C-K. Yep. Which I thought was interesting. I don't think I've ever seen that. It even like comes I thought it was a typo when I first saw it. Oh, really? Yeah. And then it took me a while to figure out like, oh, 
that's just how they type it yeah in my research i specifically saw it as a fact that it's spelled that way oh interesting. Um, but even like my autocorrect was trying to fix it which <laughs> shows that it's not as common yeah so during ritual practices which are often staged in a sacred circle wiccans cast spells or workings intended to bring about real change in the physical world so i did see a lot of references that they do sacred circles for spell casting which is one thing that i saw a lot in <laughs> just the tv shows that i've seen is that yeah. they they do gather in a circle yeah common spells are used for healing protection fertility or to banish negative influences mm-hmm. some early wiccans referred to their own magic as white magic with the contrast of black magic which is often associated with evil or satanism mm-hmm. similar terminology is left hand path and right hand path and right which hand is the path. better one <laughs> yeah see I, I had to check so right hand path is good intentions and left hand path is considered bad or evil intentions hmm. which i thought it was funny like does that mean someone that's left-handed <laughs> is is bad harry don't hold your wand with your left hand <laughs> I could see why that could be an issue. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I have heard that it was considered wrong to be left-handed. Like, yeah. I know someone who was taught to be right-handed, even though they should have been left-handed. Yeah, and had that to, is like, so correct later absurd. on in life. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, crazy. So uh, I don't know why that mattered, but at some point it did. <laughs> so a historian noted that Wiccans dismissed various elements traditionally associated with witchcraft, mainly things like infanticide, cannibalism, Satanism, and sexual orgies claiming that these were misunderstood or fictions invented by early modern witch hunters one suggested that wiccans identify with the witch because she is imagined as powerful she can make people sleep for 100 years she can see the future (laughs) she can curse and kill as well as heal and of course she can turn people into frogs yay i liked that my prince (laughs) Identifying as a witch also enables Wiccans to link themselves with those persecuted in the witch trials of the early modern period, often referred to by Wiccans as the burning times. Hmm. There is no ethical code followed universally by Wiccans of all traditions. A majority follow a code known as the Wiccan Read, which states, and it harm none, do what ye will, usually interpreted as a declaration of freedom to act and the necessity of taking responsibility for what follows and minimizing harm to yourself and others yes and from what i've read it is common that wiccans are vegan because of this really so that makes sense it says and ye harm none do what ye will so it kind of means live and let live like you wouldn't you wouldn't harm your yeah friend why would you harm an animal just to just to live so um but interesting again that's another thing that's debated and i think with the the reverence for nature cycles and the earth and kind of listening to the earth and its creatures and respecting them and being religious about your practices with the earth and how you relate to animals and things and being mindful about it is a common thread with Mm -hmm. this community which I actually when I first started reading about the Wiccan community and religion I was surprised at that and the modern Wiccan as I was reading it because initially when you're researching of course it's going to be like usually the newest articles or the newest perspective on a certain group or subculture counterculture and in this case I feel like I saw a lot of things right away that were saying like a respect for nature and Mm -hmm. following the wheel of the year and the solstices and caring for the earth and caring for others and animals and beings and with a little bit deeper research and a little bit more perspective I do think because our Our world is so Christian forward. Even people who have joined the Wiccan community have a sense that it could be again like I've mentioned a bunch of times the opposition or the dark side to those things Mm -hmm. and I do think even though maybe that wasn't the Wiccan intention of having darkness in it, I think it exists. And I could imagine there being a lot of anger or lingering negative feelings within the Wiccan community because they are, I don't want to say running from, but they are leaving the societal norm, right? Well, yeah, and the fact that, I mean, even if you think about if, if they do 
consider the witch trials part of their history yeah that shows that there was a very heavy opposition to the point of them being sought out and killed yep for a long time a lot of people and so when you know that that's part of your history you never know who might still hold those beliefs or if we've really come as far as we think we have yeah and so i i think that there are just in general the fear of being different especially especially knowing that people not that long ago died for being that exact form of different Mm -hmm. and while we're on this kind of negative note i suppose or addressing it um, I wanted to talk about a couple things that I found. A resource, if anybody's interested, a um, website that I was pulling some of my information from is just wicca.com, W-I-C-C-A.com. And one article or page that was on there is about the not-so-nice things that can happen if you're practicing um, Wicca. So there's a list. One of the things that this person wrote about is that she just said, The shadows are out there. They exist in the invisible world that parallels our own, living creatures. Unlike creatures from our world, they lack physical form and feed on energy instead of matter. They are as varied as the animal life on our world, and they range in size and power from the equivalent of insects and rodents to the equivalent of magically trained humans. So... That's a downside, apparently, if you think about a parallel universe Mm. of, and again, this could totally be the beliefs of one specific Wiccan, I don't really know, or a group of Wiccans, but apparently they believe that there's a parallel world where there's basically energy sucking shadows out there that could be absorbing your energy which is such a weird thing to think about because, of course, I guess the Christian version of that would be demons or something trying to suck the goodness out of you. I don't really know. (laughs) But that is creepy to me. Yeah, Um, that's crazy. And then in this article, she addresses that uh, you, yes, you can be a vampire. There exists yeah there exists in this world evil creatures they are highly intelligent capable of working magic and extremely devious they are capable of not only psychic magical attacks but physical ones as well as a species they tend to be immoral murderous animals i call them humans but they are also capable of feeding off energies of other humans so again they're kind of referencing a vampire as just like a negative presence that can be an energy suck interesting so i've never viewed a vampire in that way (laughs) so what they're saying is it's almost like a metaphor yes like you could become a vampire of energy and spirit to those around you if you're not Hmm. careful i guess that's interesting because i i feel like i can think of but are the witches vampire shaming because what if vampirism (laughs) is a religion and we didn't know about this yeah that's interesting i don't know i I can see why as a metaphor of sucking essentially the life out of people or like the the good juju (laughs) like i can see that i'm i'm gonna remember that yeah very interesting very um and then another negative side she said magic is an art form despite the best efforts of ritual magicians and techno pagans it remains as unpredictable and powerful as the weather unless you are highly skilled and focused and that was something we were talking about earlier about people who have maybe practiced longer than others and are more seasoned and so this one was the most easy to digest For me, negative side that they're saying is if you practice magic, you have to be prepared for the good and the bad. And if you're not focused or if you're unprepared for the response in your magic, there's a chance that there could be negative effects that you weren't prepared for. So even if, like you were mentioning, they're practicing white magic, what if by accident while you were doing your spell someone walked by that you hated and then all of a sudden that (laughs) since you weren't focused yeah it channeled some dark energy into whatever you were doing and i don't know well yeah and that kind of goes along with what it said earlier about how 
You just have to be aware of the implications and take responsibility for that. But it's kind of like the ripple effect of, yeah, for example, you save someone's life, but who knows how that's going to alter the future and what that's going to cause to happen later on. And so just being very aware of the fact that you're affecting fate in a way. Yeah. And then the last negative side they talked about in this was basically if you decide to be Wiccan and practice magic and you've harnessed it, it can be easily abused. And glorifying yourself because of something lent to you is like showing up at your class reunion with a borrowed suit in a rented Jaguar. So they're basically (laughs) saying like... Don't take the credit. Yes, because I mean, from what they believe, they're filtering this energy from the god and the goddess that they Mm -hmm. believe in. And the magic can happen because they're channeling it and putting intentions. And I imagine it's kind of... It's like it's like praying, right? If you think about what spell casting or making actually is, is putting intentions into, I know mm-hmm. actually the very first inkling or understanding that I had of the Wiccan community or even modern day witches is that they tend to bake more because they are putting intentions into their ingredients and what they're making and they bake and do those things for like the solstice That's really events sweet. that they have. Yeah, but I, I could imagine some people, I mean, if you think about all the people in the world, and again, I apologize, I'm going to reference Christianity the most because that's what I've been exposed to the most. I'm not a practicing anything in my life. But anyway, if you think about everyone in the world who practices any religion, so let's say Christians, and you think of all the Christians you've ever known, right? Some of them, could pray for things that aren't so good for other people because maybe they have some negative thoughts in their mind, right? Or they are doing it, I don't know. There's just a mixed bag of people that you're going to get and some might be practicing all the good and only the good and not filtering in any of the bad and they're focusing their attentions on just the purest form. But there's also going to be those people who can focus their negative energy into their prayers or their intentions and can filter into some dark magic, dark prayers, demonic, like, you know what I mean? Like, Well, and I think what it comes down to is that if you're being selfish, like, if you're praying for something selfish, if, in theory, prayer, you are asking for something, that doesn't mean you're going to get it. The idea of spells and magic makes it seem a little more in your power of what you can control. But still, if you're controlling or, or making things happen and, and you're doing it selfishly, I feel like there's going to be negative impacts, kind of that darkness deeper in that. Exactly. And I do think it's interesting that you compare it to prayer a lot because I actually had a very similar thought process when I was researching because, for example, some of the things that it said that they did spells about were things like fertility and healing. Mm -hmm. And that's what people pray for too. People pray for fertility and they pray for people to be healed. And so in a way, it's something that... Just because they group together differently or Mm -hmm. they bake a cake instead of going and asking their, yeah. what would you call it, priest or uh, pastor. pastor to say a prayer for him. Yeah. You know, it's just different. Well, yeah, and the interesting thing is that a lot of this is so just, you can't prove it. You can't prove that your spell actually caused the healing or the fertility. You can't mm-hmm. prove that prayer did it either. Yep. It's all, it, it's very much faith-based, which it makes sense to me that it is a religion in that way because it is based on faith and a belief system. Yeah, and so I found this interesting, I guess, origins of Wicca being recognized as a religion. In 1985, in a court case involving a prisoner, uh, the federal government argued that the doctrine of the Church of Wicca was not a religion because it is a conglomeration of various aspects of the occult, such as faith healing, self-hypnosis, tarot card reading, spell casting none of which would be considered religious practices standing alone. The court held that the government was essentially arguing that because it finds witchcraft to be illogical and internally inconsistent, witchcraft cannot be a religion. The appeals court ruled that the Church of Wicca occupies a place in the lives of its members parallel to that of more conventional religions. Consequently, its doctrine must be considered a religion. It's interesting to me that anyone would argue against 
as I say it, I realize it's not shocking. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> People always argue against any other belief system than theirs. That's very common. But it's interesting to me that someone would care if it's legally recognized on both sides because I would never argue that Catholicism or Mormonism or any religion wasn't real. That it shouldn't be legally recognized. Yeah. And when I was thinking about it, I was trying to think why would it matter either way? Why would someone care? Because in theory, a religion is based on faith and a lot of times the love that you have of either the belief system or a god or whatever it may be, it's a form of worship. And so it was interesting to me to think that if that's what you care about, that you would care if it's legally recognized. Mm -hmm. Aside from some of the benefits like tax purposes or things like that. But it is very interesting because it it really shows that there's not as much separation of church and state as it's supposed to be. (laughs) Yeah. Yes, very true. And I guess the other side, if we're talking the emotional side of it, I would say that accepting Wicca as a religion and outing it as a religion would make it more accessible and less dangerous to practice something that is opposing what's common there so yeah and I I think that it should be legally recognized I don't think it's fair for someone to argue that it shouldn't because if for no other reason then it's not hurting anyone (laughs) it's spooky and I don't want them to call it a religion seriously that's kind of what it sees like it feels like yeah (laughs) yeah many traditions hold a belief in the five classical elements which are spirit air water fire and earth spirit is seen to unite the other four and in a lot of things that i saw there's a lot of comparisons to what those four elements represent or the five Uh, and so one was that each one represents north south east and west i also saw that it represents the human body where the spirit is the head well i'm assuming the spirit was head and then the other four represent the two arms and the two legs which is interesting because a common symbol of wicca is the pentagram so Mm -hmm. a five-pointed star but these elements are invoked during many magical rituals, notably when consecrating a magical circle. There are many rituals within Wicca that are used when celebrating the Sabbats, worshiping the deities, and working magic. Often these take place on a full moon or a new moon, which again is something that is referenced I think a lot in media or pop culture references about doing spells on full moons and different things like that, and those are known as an esbat. In typical rites, the coven or solitary assembles inside a ritual cast and purified magic circle. Casting the circles may involve the invocation of the guardians of the cardinal points alongside their respective classical elements. Once the circle is cast, a seasonal ritual may be performed. Prayers to the gods and goddesses are said and spells are sometimes worked. These may include forms of raising energy, including raising a cone of power for the purpose of sending healing and other magic to persons outside of the sacred space. The classical ritual scheme in the British traditional Wicca first is the purification of the sacred space and the participants, then casting the circle, calling of the elements quarters, cone of power, drawing down the gods, spellcasting, great rite, wine, cakes, chanting, dance, and games, and then a farewell to the quarters and participants. So a lot of their festivities and things come based on the wheel of the year, which is annual cycles of seasonal festivals. Uh, Most of them are around solstices and equinoxes and points that fall in between those as well. Among Wiccans, each festival is referred to as Sabbat. These rites often include a special set of magical tools. These usually include a knife, a wand, a pentacle, a chalice. Other tools can be a broomstick, (laughs) uh, a cauldron, candles, incense, and a curved blade known as a bowline. An altar is usually present in the circle on which ritual tools are placed and representations of the god and goddess may be displayed. Before entering the circle, some traditions fast for the day and or ritually bathe. Hmm. After a ritual has finished, the god and goddess and guardians are thanked and directions are dismissed and the circle is closed. A central aspect of Wicca, often sensationalized by the media, is the traditional practice of working in the nude, also known as skyclad. Hot. <laughs> Other traditions. Oh, actually, I have a short story of someone talking about their oh, sure. one practice. So, this 
Wiccan told this story. Maybe 10 years ago, our coven met with two other covens, one from Cardiff and one from London. We proceeded as a group to walk a footpath up valley for a half hour up to Lady Falls, a 10 meter clean drop waterfall in undistributed woodlands. There's a clearing at the top of the falls where tents are pitched and a ritual circle laid out. Then, as the sun sets, we all go down to the pool at the base of the falls, strip off, and swim skyclad in its very deep waters. I and a few others swim up to the falls themselves, clamber out into the rock ledge behind, and dive through the falls. It's an exhilaration rarely matched. Eventually, we get out, dry ourselves, and robe up because it's quite cool now. When we proceed up to the ritual site, we light the big fire and start the ritual. As we do so, a crescent moon appears over the horizon to join the million pinpricks of stars in the cloudless sky. So that's just a, a mental picture for you of what it can be like. And Interesting. that's so I don't know if it's entirely necessary, but for me, I feel like I might have family members or people I know who might listen to this episode and hear me sounding very supportive of the Wiccan community as I am more of an ally, I would say. And stories like this paint a picture for me where I'm like, oh, it just sounds so nice. You you did mention um, that they wore robes and I, I did see that other traditions um, were to wear robes with cords tied around the waist and even normal street clothes. Uh, in certain traditions, ritualized sex magic is performed in the form of the Great Rite, whereby <laughs> a high priest and high priestess invoke the god and goddess to possess them before performing sexual intercourse to raise magical energy Whoa. for use in spell work. Whoa. Uh, for some Wiccans, the ritual space is a space of resistance in which the sexual morals of Christianity and patriarchy can be subverted. Oh. And for this reason, they have adopted techniques from the BDSM subculture oh. into their rituals. Publicly, many Wiccan groups have tended to excise the role of sex magic in their image. This has served both to escape the tabloid sensationalism that has targeted the religion since the 1950s and the concerns surrounding the satanic ritual abuse hysteria in the 1980s and 1990s. Uh, one thing that I thought was interesting, because this is very different from any other religion that I know of, is that most covens don't admit people under 18. Oh, which I suppose if you're doing like sex magic and nudity, <laughs> I could see why maybe that yeah. could be an issue. But I, I don't know if that was the reason. Well, but. and another part, again, I'm going to bring it back to, I feel like since there's some negative attributes, I could imagine it could be a protection type thing. Because if you're worried about, I mean, even back in the Salem days, I think they were prosecuting and killing people who were under the age of 18. Yeah. So I would imagine... Like, I think back to the high school I went to, and if someone was walking around saying that they were a Wiccan, like, people would be giving them some hardcore side eyes, and I'm pretty sure they would be ostracized based on the small town living I was in. So I wouldn't Take be surprised. Take that back 100 years. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> also, witchcraft is practiced in many other continents, and unfortunately, some places, even to this day, people are being murdered or witch hunted oh, for their practice in this religion for example in the african country of ghana where witch hunts still run rampant one way of telling if the accused is a witch or not involves tackling a live chicken cutting its throat over oh. a shrine after which it is thrown into the air oh. as it flops around and dies if it falls on its back <laughs> The person is innocent, oh, but if it no. falls on its front, it means the person is a witch. And this is a current? Yes. Ah, that sounds like a very old-timey way of... Like, wasn't there one thing from the Salem Witch Trials about if you float, you're a witch, and yep. if you don't, you die anyway? Yeah. <laughs> but you weren't a witch. Yep. Pretty Ugh, much. Um, and then in Zambia, mirrors are sometimes used. Um, it's basically witches cast a different reflection than normal people, similar to, I would imagine, uh, what we know about vampires, I suppose. Hmm. I mean, they are technically supposed to be invisible in the mirror, but I guess witches, same kind of logic. Yeah, interesting. Um, in other societies, it may come down to, ironically, the judgment of a witch doctor or practitioner of beneficial white magic or conversely a priest or specially trained witch finder hmm. 
Other societies tried to get the person to willingly confess, either through encouragement, shame, or more likely torture. In more civilized trials, an actual court trial takes place, but the evidence typically comes down to one person's word against another, with authorities often leaning towards the accuser's side. In other cases, there's no trial at all, with merely the suspicion alone to find someone guilty of black magic. Either way, once found guilty of witchcraft or black magic, mm -hmm. the repercussions are also largely dependent on the culture. In the African nation of Cameroon, people found to be witches, especially children, are in some areas force-fed meat until they throw up, Ooh. which is seen to purify them of dark forces inhabiting them. That sounds awful. Yeah. In Gambia, sorcerers are taken to detention centers and given poisonous concoctions to drink, oh. which are believed to rid them of their dark demons and powers, but will also kill a fair number of them. Jeez. Yeah. And basically the same thing happens in Zambia to this day. Wow. Yeah. That's terrible. Yes. And I, I know that there are other countries that do prosecute people for their religions. Mm -hmm. um, I, I don't know many of the details. It's awful that that still happens. Yes. It's kind of crazy. I mean, it just goes to show our world is so vast mm -hmm. and the history is so deep and it's so diluted by everyone's personal experience and the people that they're surrounded by. Yeah. Uh, thankfully, that's not happening in America, but I definitely know that there's some judgment happening out yeah. there for this. But hopefully this podcast can help lead people to see that it's just someone's spirituality and frankly, that's none of their stinking business to yeah. take away or judge. Absolutely. I 100% agree. So I not could good. imagine maybe besides the nudity, maybe those sorts of things. I, I think could it imagine. was various forms of protecting them from who knows, you know. But again, I'm sure there are covens of younger yeah. folks too. One thing that I actually kind of appreciated, I, I don't, again, I don't know the reason for the 18 rule, but I would support the idea that you wait till a kid is an adult yeah. to immerse them in a religion because as someone who was raised in a religion, I can see why in a way you're just kind of told this is what you are and this is what you believe. And I, I think there's not a lot of room for choice and for forming your own belief system. Mm -hmm. And so the idea that you are kind of distanced from a religion at all until you are old enough to really fully make that choice i support that i same. think that's great so same yeah kind of like what i said with how there are no formal ethical and moral beliefs and um, there's also no set text for wiccans and um, they have something referred to as the book of shadows and then they also have um, what we talked about earlier which is the wheel of the year and like i mentioned that's essentially a calendar of festivals that they follow and so some of them are on just the seasonal solstices and equinoxes and then a couple others were the more common names would be may eve lamis madron candlemas and halloween and so um, i just wanted to touch on a couple specific things in those that I, I liked. One that I wanted to touch on was Candlemas, which is the 1st of February and traditionally marks the stirrings of spring. It's the time for purification and spring cleaning in anticipation of the year's new life. So I, I thought that was cool. Um, and then one that I really liked is commonly just known as Halloween. So they have their own, um, I guess, version of that. And so Halloween is my favorite holiday, so I'm a little bit biased, but I liked the way that they uh, explained this. It's considered by Wiccans to be one of the four greater Sabbaths. It's considered by some as a time to celebrate the lives of those who have passed on, and it involves paying respects to ancestors, family members, elders of the faith, friends, pets, and other loved ones who have died. Aligned with the contemporary observance of Halloween and Day of the Dead, in some rituals the spirits of the departed are invited to attend the festivities. It is seen as a festival of darkness, which is balanced at the opposite point of the wheel by the festival of Beltane, which is celebrated as a festival of light and fertility. And I just thought that was a sweet, very thoughtful way to celebrate it. Yeah, it gives me the same vibes as like what I recognize as the Day of the Dead. Yeah, me too. Where they're, it's like colorful, it's a celebration, it's 
just kind of remembrance it's kind of nice yeah i thought so too so throughout my research the thing that always interests me the most is trying to find perspectives of those who are actually experiencing it and through my research right away for some reason my brain went to look up a wicca driven podcast and see what you can find and i actually right away found round the cauldron and it's a podcast that i found on the itunes podcast app and it's hosted by a woman named Megan and I actually was able to get in contact with her to learn a little bit more because her very first episode on her podcast feed was basically an introductory what is Wicca, what do I know of Wicca, let me share it with you type of thing and it was really helpful for me to just gauge what the whole spiel was and so after some time and after listening to that episode I was able to reach out to her and ask her some questions about her experience directly and uh, she typed up a response for us which was amazing so I'm going to share what she had to say um, for my interview questions so the first question I asked her was uh, what reason was it that made you want to follow the path of Wicca or witchcraft? She said, I think it was the sense of belonging to something much bigger than myself. I never fit in as a kid. I had a handful of friends. I was bullied a lot for just about everything. Wicca gave me a space growing up where I could be myself without fear or judgment or retribution. There is no concept of sin in Wicca. There is no tenant that says you can't be anything other than what you are. That's really interesting. Yeah. As I continued learning, I realized what I was feeling besides the sense of belonging, was a sense of connection to the natural world around me. I think it's something a lot of people in the modern world are missing. Over the course of the years, I've stuck with it because it has become an integral part of my life. Deep down, this is what I know to be true for myself. I believe in my gods. I believe in their teachings. I believe in what they have to say. I feel them around me during difficult times in my life, but I also feel them in moments that overflow with joy and happiness. Very sweet. The next question I asked was, have you found it to be fulfilling and was it what you had hoped for and how much has it impacted your life? She said, absolutely, I'll admit it. As a young girl, the thing that drew me to Wicca was magic and spells. I mean, I was 12 or 13 at the time, heavily bullied, and my life was a mess for multiple reasons. The promise of something I could use to control my future and present situation was alluring. As I grew older and developed more spiritually, I realized it wasn't the spells, magic, and control I needed. It was the connection to the world around me. So I would say that it had a very heavy impact on my life. Everything I do from cooking dinner, driving, teaching my daughter is done through the lens of my faith. It's not much different than when someone from a Christian faith thinks about their God and everything they do. The next question was, has it made your life better and do you think it will make your future better? She said, if I look at it objectively, I would say that yes, it has definitely made my life better. I wouldn't say that it has made my material life better, but it has given me a new lens on which to look at my life. I still find myself in the trap sometimes of wanting to grow my life by material possessions and wealth, but my faith has allowed me to see that having all the possessions doesn't make you a wealthy person. It just makes your house cluttered and your brain muddled. My connection with nature has given me a passion for protecting the environment and doing what we can do to save Mother Earth from the destruction that capitalism and corporations are causing. It will make my future better too because all of the things that are important to me right now will still be important down the road. The environment will still be necessary. My spirituality will still be necessary. My connection to the world around me will still be necessary. And all of those things are important for my daughter's future as well, which is just as important to me. Paganism has also given me a different perspective on death and the aging process. Within my faith, the cycle of life, something that is repeating depending on your soul's goal in the physical world. Death is part of the process, but then comes rebirth. When we die, those who are left may mourn for us, but they mourn for their loss and the memories they may have missed. When I die, I know that I will be continuing on my path to spiritual growth with my soul. Which that one speaks to me a lot. Like that's yeah. that's basically my view of the afterlife in a lot of ways. I mean, the way I believe in reincarnation is in a like subatomic level, not a like soul to soul 
equal transfer, if that makes sense. But still really beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, my next question was, did you start on your own or was it taught to you? She said, I definitely started on my own. If you mean I didn't learn it from my family. My friend at the time had shown me a book about Wicca. It was probably by Scott Cunningham, but I honestly can't remember now. From there, a whole new world opened up to me. My parents are Christian, so they had nothing to do with my religious education on Wicca and witchcraft. They didn't want me to continue it because according to their beliefs, it is something that Satan tries to do to stray you from the path to heaven. Eventually, and I say this as an almost 30-year-old, they finally saw that this was something I am passionate about and let me explore it when I was in my late teens. The next question I asked was, have you ever experienced shame, judgment, or fear because of your practice? She said, I haven't experienced shame because I'm proud of my beliefs, and I think if you can't stand up for your beliefs, then you need to reevaluate what it is you believe and why. I don't think I've ever experienced fear because my practice either. Not unless you mean being afraid to confront the truth when you deal with the tooth and claw of witchcraft or the malevolent spirits and entities that can try to present themselves to you. I think the most I've ever experienced was judgment from other people, and this came from outside of my family. Wearing my pentacle in public used to give me anxiety because I just knew someone was going to tell me that I was going to hell or that I was a Satanist. The next question I asked is, where do you go to connect with the Wiccan community? She said, this is a tough question because where I live now, there isn't much of a community for Wiccans or pagans in general. This is part of the reason that I started my podcast and branched out onto YouTube. Again, just a shout out, her podcast is called Round the Cauldron. This is the reason I do what I do. A lot of us don't have a physical community to go to for one reason or another, and I am a firm believer that an online community is just as good as a physical one. So I go to my website, I go to YouTube and Twitter and Instagram, I go to Facebook groups and other pagan forums. The community is out there. If you don't have access to one locally, you just have to look for it. And then I said, I'm most interested in learning about if you have experienced an outcome from a spell that made you believe in the magic behind it, or maybe an outcome you didn't expect. And she said, so this is a tough one because most times I do a spell and then forget about it. I know that sounds bad, but it's always been the way I do my magic. I guess the one thing I can think of involves a spell for wealth and prosperity. I had just quit my job to stay at home and help take care of the house because of my mom's diagnosis with Sjogren's syndrome. I knew I was going to be doing freelancing because I had already started doing audiobooks, my podcast, and set up my Patreon. But doing our budget and preparing for the colder months, my boyfriend and I had overestimated how much money we would have each month to cover our portion of the household bills. So I did my spell and asked my gods to help me get to the point where I can support my family. Within a week, I had gotten a freelance contract for transcription work and I'm still getting more contracts for audiobooks and freelance writing and editing work. What a lot of people don't realize is you can't just do a spell and leave it alone for nothing to happen. You have to put in some work. I mean, if you're going to do a spell to get a job, but you never put in any applications, how do you expect the spell to work? You have to take the first step. That reminds me a lot of prayer. Yeah, definitely. Um, The other example she offered up was, even when I was first learning, my friend and I performed a spell together that would help us stay connected and bound to each other. It was almost 15 years ago, and it still held true to this day. We are still best friends, and even though we live hundreds of miles apart now, I know when she's having a bad day, and she knows when I'm having a bad day. We've always been able to feel each other's energy since then, even split by this distance. We just know, and I attribute it to that ritual we did when we were younger. Very neat. Friendship goals. And then this was an interesting answer as well. Um, I said, is there a side of the Wiccan beliefs that you do not like and why? And she said, yes, absolutely. She said, so I don't call myself a Wiccan anymore. 
because I don't feel like I accurately can. That label doesn't accurately describe my belief system anymore. As far as what I don't like, it can be summed up in several words. And it harm none, do what ye will. If you don't know, that's the Wiccan read, one of the core tenets of the Wiccan belief. Over time, mostly as I've gotten older, I have found this to be less true in my life and something I cannot hold myself to. I don't believe that you can do whatever you want as long as you don't hurt anybody. I also believe that there are times when harm is the exact thing that you need to do. Huh. Do I think it should be done lightly? Absolutely not. But if there's something that needs to happen and other things that aren't working, a curse or a hex might be the next step. So for example, I would condone cursing someone who is constantly a threat to others. I would curse someone who is doing something to make my life miserable. I wouldn't curse someone just because but I also wouldn't tell other people that they shouldn't do it. That's very interesting. Yes. So that's the part that surprised me the most from the interview. I guess my understanding is it's kind of like don't harm someone unless they are harming others. Yes. And in her perspective. In her perspective. And that's why, I mean, the thing, if we've learned anything about the Wiccan community and religion through our research is that it has so many origins and resources and people and history and judgment that has caused hiding and possible confusion throughout the way is that, I mean, it, it makes me a little bit sad to hear that, I mean, some people identify with labels and names of their religion and those things could add a lot of value to them. So I guess my hope to her is that even if it doesn't align with the way she feels if being a Wiccan makes her happy and that label makes her happy. She should keep it and own it, even though she believes in practicing spells that or hexes or curses. Yeah, I think you can definitely be a part of a community or a religion, even if you don't 100% conform to what you think is that exact image. Yes, I agree. So that's super cool. I'm excited to listen to her podcast and learn more because I, I haven't listened to it yet. I know you've listened to some of it, but... That's super cool, and that was really amazing of her to send us that information. Yeah. It was very insightful. Seriously, yes. Thank you so much, Megan. We really appreciate it. It brought, I mean, through all of our research, for me, it always brings it together to hear a perspective of someone, especially like you, who's been practicing for many years, mm -hmm. and um, it's grown with you, and you sound like an awesome lady, so we yeah, appreciate cool. it. <laughs> Everyone go listen to Megan's podcast, Round the Cauldron, and subscribe to her podcast as well as our podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts to hear us again next week. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. If you have an intriguing story you'd like to share with us to be featured on our next episode, email friendsfascinated at gmail.com. We can't wait to blow your mind with more curiosities next week. You just listened to another episode of Friends Fascinated. Thanks for listening.